At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The biggest games of the football season are coming, and Bet Rivers is introducing new parlay features just in time for the playoff push. For your next bet, try out a new multi-game parlay and combine bets across games to make your perfect combo. Combine player props, game bets, and even different same-game parlays into one multi-game parlay. Make your parlay today at BetRivers. Download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com to place your bet. This is the Detroit CityCast with Dan Leach, presented by BetRivers. And what's going on, fine citizens? Wild Wednesday edition of the Detroit CityCast. Back from South Beach, back from Disney World, back from the beautiful sun and fun in the great state of Florida, which unfortunately is kind of exploding with COVID right now. Uh, I got my COVID test. It looks like I'm okay. Uh, But yes, I I went from a 50 degree temperature temperature swap. It was 85 or so in Orlando on Tuesday. And when I got back a little after midnight in Detroit, it was around 30 something 32 or so so we had a 50 degree switch for the squatch uh in just uh, a few hours but an incredible experience had a great time down there of course the game itself michigan and georgia uh, did not delight unless you're a georgia fan and i will say that boy i met some nice georgia fans much like notre dame fans and some other fan bases northwestern and some others that come right to mind uh that i've dealt with throughout my you know, life as a Wolverine fan, some of the nicest people. I mean, obviously there's clowns on on all sides. There's Michigan clowns, there's Georgia clowns, a lot of state clowns. Ohio State, we know, uh, everyone can agree they all suck. But they were very classy, and it's a team that hasn't won a national title since 81. I believe they're going to. We're going to have much more to talk about as we lead into the national title game, the final college football game of the year, uh, you know, aside from some of the All-Star games. And it's one of these things where you know, I will always rather have loved and, and and lost and not loved at all. And while the game itself was terrible, I was just talking to some good friends of mine over the last couple of days as I was headed back to Detroit and, and you know, asked me about how my experience was and they saw my stuff on social media and saw I was having a great time, which win or lose I was going to and Michigan was in the playoff. And I, I, I kept telling them, there was times when I was sitting in my seat or getting down to my seat at, at uh, Hard Rock Stadium, you know, in the lead up to the game and seeing Michigan run out of the tunnel and, 
you know, the, the national anthem and this amazing police officer and just the whole, you know, ambiance and atmosphere. And I kept like pitching myself saying, we're in the playoff, like Michigan's in the playoff. You know, it's, it's one of those things where you're, if you're a fan of a team, whether it's an NFL team, a baseball team, whatever it is, you know, and I've been so lucky, you know, in my life to be a fan of, of the Detroit teams and the Wolverines, but then also be able to cover them as well. And, you know, Michigan's one of the few things that I do is just legitimately as a fan. Obviously, there's times where I have covered them for the various, you know, shows and stations that I've worked for in the past. But to know that your team is in a situation where they are a game away or two games away from winning it all, winning a championship, winning a national title, whatever the sport, you know, the, the, the championship is, that was something I'll never forget, that kind of aha moment that happened several times, like leading up to the game, obviously being down there for the game, you know, different dinners I was at, or, you know, the tailgating on the day of the game, and then looking out into the field and seeing that, you know, the playoff logo. It's not about going there and just getting there and hoping you win. You obviously go there to win. Ward Manuel, the AD at this tailgate I was at with a bunch of alumni, gave a speech and said, listen, we're not just here to, we're, we're here to win. Like people ask me, what do you think about the game, Ward? And of course, he's not going to say we're going to lose. But Michigan really wasn't just happy to be there. Maybe maybe Cincinnati was. Maybe other teams have been. But a team like Michigan, the way they played over the last month or so of the season, I think they played the best football overall in the country. Georgia was clearly the best team for the majority of the season, but they obviously lost to Bama in the SEC title game. And that was just a, a special, special thing. I am so grateful I was able to be able to, to be down there and share the experience with many of you. Yes, you know, some of the Spartan fans in me were going back and forth with each other because that's just the way it goes. Even some of them were, you know, understanding of what it was like to have the experience to go to the playoffs, which Michigan State did years back. Uh, it didn't go well for them either, but it doesn't matter. Uh, I would much rather have gone to the playoff, lost 100 to nothing, than not gone at all. And I will say this, because, this, you know, those of you that follow me on social media probably saw some of this. My great friend, even though he can be a clown sometimes, my man Ryan Woolley, who I've done a tremendous amount of things for to involve him in different projects I'm in, because I love the guy. So obviously there's a reason, you know, that he's involved in my life and, and is a friend as well. But him and a couple others ended up, you know, screen, I think it was freezing cold takes that might have found it. But screenshotting some stuff that I had said six years ago when Michigan was in the Citrus Bowl and, and you know, Rock, Florida, and Michigan State got their ass kicked by Alabama. And at that point, the playoff was very new. I It wasn't like I didn't understand what the playoff was, but as we see now, as time has gone on, everyone's opting out of all the other bowl games. All that really matters now is the playoff. I don't feel that way exclusively. I love all the bowl games. I mean, I, I, I'm an Eastern Michigan alum. For them to be able to go to bowl games four or six years under Creighton and all the other stuff that has been able to happen with smaller programs, it means the world to some of them. They're never, Eastern Michigan or San Jose State or App State or whoever, they're never going to win a national title. They're going to go to the playoffs. Cincinnati went undefeated and they barely got in from a group of five conference. So it's going to, there's always going to be some love for those smaller bowl games. But if you're completely honest about it, all that matters is the playoff. No one's opting out of the playoffs. And I'm sure that might happen someday too. Because it's all about the money and the money dollar and, and all that kind of stuff. So, I just, I, I look at it like this where I definitely evolved from that. And for the last almost six years, it was like very few months after that I changed my tune on that. 
I, I admitted I was wrong and said, listen, whether it's Michigan, Michigan State, Georgia, you know, Alabama, whoever, you obviously would, there's no question you'd rather be in the playoff than not be. So smart fans had some fun with that. They were very bored on New Year's Day. They knew they had just beaten the third string quarterback in the Peach Bowl, barely. And, you know, Michigan did have a good night, so they wanted to troll. And that was absurd that I woke up to like 100 notifications on New Year's Day morning. But that's the way it goes. And I can handle it. But yes, of course, all that matters right now is going to the playoff. And yeah, maybe part of that was years back because the Spartan fans would shut up about certain things that I, I thought to myself, yeah, I mean, I'd rather win the, the final game than, than lose embarrassingly. But as those of you that listen to me, whether it's been on 97 on the ticket or this show or various other shows that I've done, I have said for a long time, since basically back to that point around the time that Michigan State lost in the playoff to Alabama, that I was wrong about that. That is definitely, it's all about the playoff as far as what you want. And it's funny because there were Spartan fans that were responding and some, I mean, we know that there's bad and ridiculous fans on both sides, but there are definitely some ridiculously stupid Spartan fans. And one guy, I'll define the tweet, responded and mentioned that that, that they, he would take beating Michigan every year and winning a New Year's Six game, which the Peach Bowl really wasn't anyway, then going to the playoff. And even the Spartan fans were ripping that guy. So it's all it's all a bunch of nonsense at times. We have fun with it. I can handle making fun of myself. I definitely admitted I was wrong about that. But boy, were there some really bored and like just, uh, you know, desperate and, and miserable Spartan fans just trying to bring me or other Michigan fans great season down when they can't. Because Michigan season was clearly more successful than Michigan State's. Not that it's all about like who's better between the two teams. You want to worry about what's best about your team. But it's not, it wasn't a question. Like Michigan clearly had a better season. Yes, Michigan State beat them. Michigan led that game by 16. Michigan beat Ohio State, beat Iowa, went to the playoff. It doesn't matter that Michigan State won the Peach Bowl. But yeah, you of course would love to win a bigger bowl game if you're in it. But when you're the Wolverines or the Buckeyes or the Spartans or whoever else that has a chance to do it or has done it. It's all about going to the playoff. And by the way, four teams ever have won an NCAA or gone to an NCAA basketball Final Four and have gone to the playoff, and Michigan and Michigan State are two of the four. So that's that's something that both fan bases can agree on. We're going to have much more on kind of the wrap-up of the Michigan season on the Throwdown Thursday show, which comes out tomorrow. But uh, I want to get into a quick trip to the Motown betting window. It's brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers, and we will start with some Pistons action tonight. My dad was talking to me earlier today. He's like, hey, should we put a little money on the Pistons tonight? They've been playing a lot better. Listen, Pistons, they're they're getting there. It's a long way away. Kate is playing much better and definitely is coming further away from kind of not being right earlier in the season. But, you know, no Jeremy Grant, and there's some other injuries for the Pistons. Uh, you know, Isaiah Stewart, you know, is out for conditioning. He won't play. Isaiah Livers is out. Uh, you know, if you want to try to look at some other angles for, you know, guys that are going to be out there fighting as hard as possible because they want to continue to be in the NBA. And a young guy like Isaiah Livers and Stewart, those are two of those guys. And, of course, you know, we know Olenek is going to be out for quite some time. Freak Jackson also uh, injured seven to ten days. Looks like he's going to be out with that, uh, that ankle injury. So a lot of injuries for the Pistons. Not much for Charlotte tonight. And right now, Bet Rivers, it's the Charlotte Hornets minus ten. And the Pistons uh, and Hornets 228 overwise. Uh, the total uh, over 228 minus 108 
under 228, minus 113. Moneyline Hornets, minus 530. And the Pistons, plus 390. Uh, as far as Charlotte is concerned, the Charlotte Hornets have a couple guys that are coming out of COVID protocol stuff. That's P.J. Washington and Scotty Lewis, both listen uh, as we recorded in the afternoon on a, on a Wednesday as questionable. But I, I have no opinion on this game. I mean, it's a lot of points. I think that maybe you look at this and maybe possibly live bet this game. Um, I don't think it's worth teasing one way or the other. I think this could be within the 10-point margin, but I don't have a play for you on this. But I'm going to monitor it. Maybe if Charlie takes a huge lead, because the Pistons have been a good team, uh, you know, at least covering in certain situations in second halves when they were obviously getting blown out in certain games, they came back and had backdoor covers on the original spread. But let's say the Hornets go up like, you know, 25 to 7, and you can get, you know, Pistons plus 20 or something. That might be a, a, a thought. I, I just don't think the 10 is is really much value right now with the way the Pistons have been playing, or the, the way the Pistons are under man without guys like Jeremy Grant and tonight Stewart and some others. All right, let's take a look at the national championship game odds which come up on Monday. We'll have much more, a full preview on that on the Monday, Manic Monday show and towards the end of this week as well. Alabama now a three-point dog. Georgia up to three-point favorites at Bet Rivers, minus 109 on Georgia, plus or minus 112 on Alabama. Money line Georgia is minus 150. Alabama is plus 123. And the total is kind of stayed where it's been for the last few days. 51.5 over minus 113, under minus 108. My initial feeling, and we talked about this a few days back on this show, is Georgia's going to win this game. I mean, now it's up to three. It's a key number. So if you're thinking about taking Georgia, you might want to consider buying down to the two and a half. I'm going to make a bet on the Georgia money line uh, as well as the point spread. A bigger bet on the money line because I just, you know, I can see this being a one or two point win or, you know, if it's a three point win, you push. But I think, you know, Georgia is the best team in the country. I think Stetson Bennett really proved that he's ready for a big moment. Uh, both their offensive and defensive lines are insane. I saw them up close and personal uh, in Miami. And I think this is Georgia's time. I mean, they, have, they haven't won that title in, you know, almost, you know, 40, what is it, 41 years now, going back to 81. And yes, Bama, of course, is Bama, and they got Nick Saban. But I think this is Georgia's year, especially after what they did to the Wolverines. So I definitely will have a, a pretty big play on the Georgia money line and a significant play on Georgia uh, minus two, I'll, I'll buy it down myself to two and a half. Uh, we'll see what happens. It might go back down to two and a half on its own because it was there for a little while, even though there was some money coming in, some sharp money coming in on Georgia. And in the NFL, the Lions end their 2021 campaign against Green Bay. And what do you know? The Lions possibly would have been a favorite because Green Bay has already clinched the, the number one seed, but Packers up to a four and a half point favorite at Bet Rivers. Minus 105 for the Packers, plus 115 for the Lions. Packers minus 195 in the money line. Lions plus 160. And the total 44.5, minus 113 uh, on the over and the under on uh, minus 108. Much more on this game as we get through this week here. And I'll have my official selection for you, along with my other NFL selections. Eight and one run the last couple of weeks uh, in the NFL against the spread with, uh, I think it was three outright upsets, including the Bengals for you on Sunday. So we'll get to that on the Football Friday show uh, in just a couple days. All right, it's a trip to the Motown betting window brought to you by our great friends at Bat Rivers. Coming up, very interesting situation with Jim Harbaugh in Ann Arbor. I'll give you my feelings on that. There was a great piece that my friend Dan Wetzel wrote in Yahoo. Uh, we'll get into all of that coming right up. 
Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com today. Must be 21. Playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 270 7117. So while I'm enjoying all this great fun and sun in Florida, uh, you know, towards the end of my trip, getting ready to come back and, you know, know that I'm going to have some cold weather to deal with. And of course, you know, the postscript on Michigan, Michigan's football season. And then I, I get a text from, uh, I think it was my brother in law or, or a friend. Harbaugh's going to the Raiders. And obviously we know that that was just, you know, he's not going to the Raiders right now. That's a possibility. But I'm like, I'm like John Harbaugh? You know, Jay Harbaugh? And then, you know, you, you look at the, the, you know, the Bruce Feldman tweet and you look at different things and you're like, okay, this could be a ploy to get more money because remember Harbaugh took a pay cut and ended up having an incentive, you know, bonus-laden contract that he ended up making $3 million in bonuses this year and gave it to his assistants that didn't take pay cuts because of COVID and all that stuff. So, uh, it's it's one of these things where is it possible? Sure, but I have a lot of feelings on this, and I think Dan Wetzel, by the way, a good friend of the show, wrote a great piece on this. If you haven't seen it yet, it's on Yahoo, and the, the title of it is "Here's Why It's Believable That Jim Harbaugh Would Leave Michigan for a Return to the NFL." Well, so he just starts off the piece by saying that next year is Harbaugh's eighth in Ann Arbor. And if he comes back, that would qualify as twice as long as any of his previous coaching stops in college or the NFL. San Francisco, San Diego, he's there for just a few years, in, I think two years in San Diego. And, you know, Stanford. And then, you know, of course, what ended up happening when Jim Harbaugh came to Michigan, I was, you know, terrified. I, I of course, wanted him there, but I was terrified that Harbaugh was going to come turn everything around, maybe even win a title, and then leave it two or three years. That obviously didn't happen. Harbaugh couldn't win the big games, or his teams couldn't win the big games. But now we're in this, this scenario, and The Athletic reported on Tuesday that Harbaugh, quote, might be tempted to leave the Wolverines and return to the NFL, which is vague but solidly accurate. Harbaugh has always been willing to be tempted to return to the NFL, especially this year, if a good Las Vegas team, now the Headless Horseman, because of Gruden getting fired, or his old franchise and my great producer, Stephen Jung's favorite team, the Chicago Bears, come calling. And uh, the reporter, of course, Bruce Feldman, like me, might have had someone in the Harbaugh camp give him a nod. That's kind of what Dan Wetzel had said. So there's a few things on this. First off, like I mentioned, when I first heard this from uh, you know a friend of mine, I'm like, are you, you, gotta be, you gotta be kidding me. Now, there's two sides, and I, full disclosure always as we do on this show. It's no secret I'm a Michigan fan. I've been my whole life. Dad and Grandpa went to Ann Arbor. We're going to games since I was basically in the womb. But I'm also, a, you know, a, a broadcaster and a journalist that, that covers this team. I mean, I can still be a fan of them because I'm not a columnist. I'm not a beat writer. And, you know, we, uh, there are many people in our business that are big fans of a certain team that they don't necessarily cover uh, you know, on a daily basis, we cover them here on the show. We talk about their games and their spreads and the outcomes and the post games and all that stuff. But I'm a, I'm a Michigan fan. And a lot of you love me for that. Spartan fans hate me for that. But I'm always going to be fair and objective about it. Now, being a fan, there's the instant thought that I have, okay, well, Harbaugh could get the job done for seven years 
in the 10 most important games the Wolverines, you know, lost up to this year. I thought all 10 were, you know, I think they were all, all 10 were losses, the most important games, all 10 of the losses. We went over that did a couple times and updated it this year uh, with some of, obviously, the big wins that Michigan had because at least four times this year, there are games that Michigan won that in the previous years they wouldn't have. Penn State, Nebraska, Wisconsin, they won there for the first time in 20 years. And then, uh, you know, of course, the Ohio State game. They had never been in a Big Ten title game, so we won't include Iowa in that, but it definitely was one of the 10 most important wins in the Harbaugh era thus far in the re, re-jiggered, if you will, list that I made. I made that list before uh, or after the Michigan State game and then did it again, of course, after the Ohio State game. So when you look at what happened this year and what led up to you know all the things that didn't happen until this year, Harbaugh is going to you know get all this stuff done Get the, the Ohio State monkey off the back. Yes, they lost to Michigan State, but that ended up not costing the Wolverines. You know, get those road wins against top 25 teams and, you know, just teams that they were, you know, underdogs in. Uh, the first underdog win for Michigan since 2015. They're only team in the FBS that had no underdog wins uh, since 2015. All that stuff off the back of the program. Had them playing at such a high level, so connected. You know, pump it up, the pump it up song with the chairs in the air. All that stuff. And then bolt to the NFL. As a fan, that, that that just pisses me off. But you got to be fair about this. And then, the, you know, the, the journalistic brain comes in. I understand, A, this might be a ploy for money, like Bruce uh, Feldman laid out. B, NFL, there's no recruiting. NFL, it's way less BS. Now, yeah, it's a much more intense scenario because there's more money involved and guys are getting paid and there's owners in college, yeah, you got an athletic department, you got boosters, you, you know, you've got boards of regents and that kind of stuff. But it's 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 different. It's amateurs. I mean, yes, there's the NIL money in in ways these athletes should have been getting paid for a long time. But it's not they're not professionals. They're still considered amateurs, and it's a much different feel. And football Saturdays and the band and the cheerleaders, the alumni, and the tailgates and all that stuff. NFL, it's strictly a business. And there is a lot less BS in certain situations than there is in college. You don't worry about paying guys money under the table, uh, you know, breaking recruiting violations. Uh, obviously, that happens sometimes in the NFL when it comes to free agent stuff. But in college, it's widespread. There's so many more teams, all that stuff. But I, I understand that Jim Harbaugh has coached in Ann Arbor for seven years, way longer than his other stops. He deserves every opportunity he wants to take. But it seems like if Jim Harbaugh decides to spur Michigan now, after he got them to this precipice, got them to the playoff finally, seemingly setting this program up for a catapult going forward to contend year in, year out for the most part with Ohio State, to have a chance to go to the Big Ten title game every year, a true chance, to have a true chance to go to the college ball playoff every year as the Big Ten champion. To get them to that spot and then leave, even on the professional side, aside from just being a fan, it would just seem disingenuous based on what Harbaugh has said. But listen, this is a quirky guy. Dan Wetzel kind of laid this out in his piece. Please read it if you get a chance. Dan always does a great job uh, you know, covering the NFL and college, but definitely knows the Harbaugh situation really well, living in Michigan. And, you know, talking about his time in in. San Francisco, where he went to at least the, you know three straight NFC title games and went to that Super Bowl in between and was uh, you know uh, a goal line stand away uh, from winning the Super Bowl. 
I mean, the Ravens blew that big lead and the lights go out in the Superdome Super Bowl, but Kaepernick had that ball right at the goal line and, you know, the Ravens stopped him. Harbaugh almost won a Super Bowl. And then, you know, wore out, you know, his welcome there in San Francisco and got fired after four years. I mean, listen, he was 36-11-1 in San Francisco. Three playoff appearances, five postseason games he won. And then I mentioned that Super Bowl he lost on a goal line stand. And also, he lost a conference championship game on Richard Sherman's batted pass and lost another one in overtime. So Harbaugh, as I said, for years now, even though he wasn't a great coach at Michigan, he's a great coach. He was very good, and at times he was great, but overall he was definitely not a great coach at Michigan until this year when he finally was able to get certain things done that there was not a chance to do or it wasn't able to happen in the past. So when you look at what this would do, and, and of course my producer Steven, uh, the S-man, was, was you know ribbing me about, you know I mentioned that people would always say, well, Leach, who do you want instead of Harbaugh? And I would give you names like Matt Campbell or Sonny Dykes or Brian Harson. There are many out there that, that could have taken over Harbaugh and might have even had more success. We, we won't hopefully have to figure that out if you're a Wolverine fan, but when you look at who would have to take over the program if Harbaugh left, is it going to be a Matt Campbell now? Is it going to be an Eric Biennemi or someone like that? I don't know. But it's a question that I hope, as a Michigan fan, I don't have to answer. But Jim Harbaugh, you just never know with the guy. Listen, he loves Ann Arbor. His family's there. His dad was there. I mean, this is a guy that is a Michigan man through and through. I don't think he's going to leave. But we'll see how this noise continues to go if it gets louder if this really was just about money because he didn't take that pay cut and I think that if Darbaugh wants more money to stay in Ann Arbor he's going to get whatever he wants and it's going to be much more obviously in line with what Mel Tucker has and other you know Big Ten coaches Ryan Day and some others James Franklin uh, who decided that massive new deal as well to the chagrin of many Penn State fans including my good friend Brian Chapman or Hackman as I call him but I, I, I understand why Harbaugh would want to leave but isn't there somebody to be said, and I, I know this kind of goes back to the whole bowl game thing, where why are kids opting out of games that are not in the playoff? And I understand why. I don't, I don't, I don't want to say I don't agree with it. Like, it, it pisses me off, but I definitely understand why. I just feel like, what's the point of playing all season long and battling with your brothers and, and even sisters, and, you know, people, females that are on the training staff or whatever, assistant coaches, some females on college ball teams, battling with them all year long, and then say, you know what, I'm just going to take it off i got to worry about the NFL. I, I get that. I understand why. But it just seems kind of back to me. That being said, you're going to go and do all this stuff, you know, get this team so connected, go on this magical run, knock all these monkeys off your back, and then go somewhere else. And it happens all the time. It happens. Manny Diaz spurred Temple and went right to Miami. And how did that work out? I mean, there's Mel Tucker was in Colorado kids' living rooms or potential recruits saying, we want you here. I'm here for the long term. Then he takes a job at State like a, a couple days later. I know there was one recruit he was visiting, and it was literally within a day or two that he took the Michigan State job after he just told that kid and his family he's committed to Colorado for. I mean, that's the way you got to do it, I guess. You got to have to lie in certain situations because that's just the way it goes because you can't guarantee things. But you would think that someone's word should matter. Someone's, you know, their word should matter in most situations. But when it comes to high level college football or obviously the NFL, that sometimes can be thrown out the window because of money and prestige and getting sucked into that kind of stuff. So I understand all that too. 
But this is not the time for Jim Harbaugh to leave Michigan. If he had won a national title, I get it. But if he leaves now after how tough it was for the first seven years, or first six years, and then in year seven, there's a breakthrough, and then he goes. It's not like this is a, you know, a Brian Harson going from a Boise State to an SEC team, or you know, a Mel Tucker going from even a Colorado program to Michigan State, which is definitely a jump up going to the Big Ten. It, this isn't someone growing and trying to get a better job. Jim Harbaugh's already looked at as one of the best coaches in pro or college football. I know he didn't obviously have a great ending with the Niners as far as the ownership in him went, but as I mentioned, he went to he won five playoff games and went to at least three straight NFC title games. Probably should have gone to two Super Bowls in three years. So the guy's got credibility. And he's looked at as a great coach. And the NFL, I'm sure, has reached out to him. The Jets, I'm sure, when they ended up obviously hiring Robert Sala, the Lions, whoever else had coaching vacancies in the last couple of years, especially when Harbaugh was kind of struggling a little bit in, in Ann Arbor. But there's so many to be said about loyalty. There's so many to be said about finishing the job. And while if Harbaugh leaves, I'm not going to hate the guy. I, I can respect him being his own man and wanting to do what's best for him. I don't think he's going to be selfish if he leaves, but that's because that's kind of where we're at in sports these days. It's all about the money dollar. But it seems like Harbaugh really enjoys being the Michigan coach, aside from when he's got to answer questions at press conference after brutal losses. But aside from that, it seems like Jim Harbaugh really is enjoying this ride. He played here. He was a big bow guy. I'm not going to get into the old Bo Schemeckler, Dr. Anderson nonsense, but you understand my point. That this is a guy who knew by coming back he could take this program that was in the doldrums after the Rodriguez and Hoke years and lift them back up and be the savior and be khaki Jesus. And we know Harbaugh's got the ego thing. I mean, what head coach doesn't? But he loves all that. Recruiting day with the stars, Ric Flair. Who, by the way, I got to meet in Florida. It's great meeting the champ. That's for sure. But he's got all these different things that he's put together. And he really seems to enjoy it. And if he left, it would just seem a little off to me. But, you know, we'll continue to monitor this for you. Uh, speaking, by the way, of uh, meeting Ric Flair, I will get, kind of go through some of the finer moments on my trip. Because I know some of you might be heading down to the Miami-Orlando area in the next month or two. Or maybe you're going to try to plan a trip in the next year or so. i got some great stuff for you, including some great restaurant spots, some tips and tricks, parking stuff, beach stuff. Got it all. We'll do that on the show tomorrow. Uh, the terrific, the uh, Throw It On Thursday show uh, edition of the Detroit CityCast. But, you know, the Jim Arbaugh stuff, obviously huge news right now. We will be on top of it for you, as always. Uh, looking forward to seeing, after the national title game, what the new odds are going to be for Michigan and Michigan State for the Big Ten next year to get to the college ball playoff to win it all. So we'll see if there's any uh, value in some early futures bets on the Wolverines or the Spartans. All right, that's going to do it for me today. I'm going to probably go try to sleep for about 15 hours because I slept for about, I think, eight hours in the last three days. Well worth it, though. And I walked about 15 miles. I walked so much. I know that I'm not going to show this on camera if you're watching, but if you're just listening, I do have a huge blister in the middle of my right foot. Uh, definitely a, a battle scar. I walked, I walked about, it was like 15 miles over two days. I lost about six, seven pounds. Totally worth it, though. Star Wars land, all that stuff. We'll get into all that on the show tomorrow including a Michigan season recap and what's going to happen going forward with this team which obviously the Harbaugh news is a big part of as well all right have a great rest of your day wherever you are 
If you're in the great state of Michigan, it's windy today. Please be careful out there. Don't make unnecessary trips. We want you to be safe. Uh, and boy, 30-something degrees after being in the 80s for eight days. Boy, it makes you grateful for when we have the good weather here in Michigan, if that's where you live. Till next time, keep reaching for the stars. Believe it. Not recruiting day with the stars. These stars. <laughs> Believe in the dream. Dan Leach, the Squatch. Back from the Squatch taking South Beach and Disney World and Hollywood Studios and just the whole state of Florida and COVID-free, thank God. Out. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.